Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kindness Warriors podcast with me, your host, Cassie Roma. This episode is our last episode of the year, and it feels weird saying that because when I started this podcast, I was scared to death because, heck, just having conversations when we're in a time of such change and unrest and unknowing felt heavy at the time. Looking back over 40 hours of conversations with friends and family and colleagues and creatives and absolute artistic geniuses, it just makes sense to end the year on the note that we're just about to end it on with Jax and Kim from Unicorns and Hand Grenades. These two women are absolute fire. They have made me think harder and dig deeper than almost anybody else this year off the back of a few small questions they asked me during this podcast. Now, I also have to tell you, while their conversation might be fire, they're bringing the heat, let me tell you. The sound mm, is more fizzle, more fizzle than flame. And the reason why that is is because I did not check the acoustics in the room we were recording in, and we actually sat down together in the same room, face-to-face, and it was amazing. So if you can please get past the echo that's uh, in this recording to get to the heart of the conversation, I implore you to do so and thank you for it. Um, I will get Jax and Kim back on in the new year. Beyond that, thank you all so much for your inspiration, for your love, for your compassion, and for your feedback. Wow, what a year it's been. Stay safe, everyone. Stay home if you can wear a mask, wash your hands, and let's kick COVID in the butt. See you in 2021. La 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 la, just testing the sound because we're a little bit echoey in here. just before we came here really quickly. And we were just talking about the power of connection mm. and so how important that's been and how important that connection from a genuine place for the purpose of betterment yeah. for people versus betterment for yourself is so important. And starting our podcast has been like the biggest gift, privilege and experience yeah, that we've had, hey? Yeah, yeah. And I just can't even... Like I think about the person that I was at the beginning of the year, because for me this year has been rebuilding my life and self like growth development, reconnecting with me, figuring out what legacy I want to leave on this world, what impact do I want to have, all of that kind of stuff. Like it's been actually a massive for me and really awesome because I was in a shop the other day and the shopkeeper's like, oh, so how about that 2020? It's been a bit crappy. I was like, this has been a great year for me. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only person that thinks that. Well, Carly and I talk about this quite often. And for a couple months after lockdown, the level four, we were like, I feel a bit guilty, especially watching yeah. my family go through it back home and knowing people who were going through hard shit where we were like looking at sunshine outside the window. And those six weeks we had as a family in like a unit, I felt like we did so much breaking and then we came out of that so much yeah. stronger and to like your point. I haven't got to the legacy part. I think I'm not as <laughs> as far on my journey as you are. But like that's a good little north star for 2021 yeah. to go. I know what I don't want to do now. Yeah. 
which is a big thing. Yeah. It's being able to, I think it's being able to float untethered to the expectations that the world, people, society have around you. And out of every, I was thinking about this this morning, out of every, every crisis will always come opportunity. We just don't see it until we get to a certain point. And so for me, the last two years has been about breaking down every aspect of who I was, the stories I told myself, much like when I listened to your TEDx talk in the dark, I had goosebumps because it was like, you know, so many parallels to my story, but there's so many parallels to everyone else's story. But some are just at the beginning of that story of coming home to themselves, mm-hmm. understanding who they are, mm-hmm. learning in the school of hard knocks. So, yeah, I'm, I get wound up when it comes to New Year. So I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know whether it's because I always forget anything that winds me up is, is some form of triggering judgment. Yeah, yeah, there's something going up there. And so New Year's always has, and it's been around the, um, 2021 is going to be my year, and um, New Year's resolutions just do my head in this. Like arbitrary lines of sand yes. that you must have done something yeah. like that time. Yeah, but life's about constant conscious choices, right? And we've got 365 days throughout a year to stop, pause, reflect, make a 1% incremental change. And Jimmy Hunt, mental health change maker, yes. talks about this, right? Yes. So if you do compound interest over 1% over 365 days, that's like a 30, I think, 37% shit in there, so don't quote me. Like a 37% <laughs> increase in, in doing cool shit and getting better. And so, I don't know, that's a big part of this year's been about for me and the year before yeah what do you reckon Kim? yeah because I went through I had two years of survival so it was like 2018 and 2019 were really right up for me so at the very beginning of 2018 I'd found out that my mum had terminal cancer and then it was eight ten months later she passed away and I had a baby in that time um, and an infant as well at the same time. And then right before she died, the month before, Dad got diagnosed with brain cancer. So I was like, holy shit, just trying to get my head around not having my person. And then the the consolation, not the consolation, but the thing for me was I still had my dad. Then that was, then we were like, holy, oh my God. And so I took on the role of caretaker, organiser and everything else. So it was literally really like trying to be a parent, trying to be present in my own life, also trying to keep the ball rolling with dad, his care, and because he had brain cancer, he started to lose his faculties and had to make some pretty tough calls about him. So this year for me was, I had some expectations about starting to get back into work, um, and then, yeah, COVID happened, but we had this beautiful time because my boys are two and three, and so I said to my husband, because his work stopped because they're in construction and um, drain laying, I said to him, when are we going to get this time this four weeks at home with no holidays no nothing like make the most of it and so we had that perspective and we had such a good time yeah um, at home yeah. barbecues on the deck kids in the paddling pool projects around the house building playground we've got a farm so we have quite a lot of space so we're very fortunate in that respect um, and it was just such a neat time to slow down and spent a lot of time reflecting about the few years that had been, what I had learned from them and how I wanted to approach the rest of my life because it was a huge, huge reality check for me Yeah, about living intentionally, living um, as a tribute to my parents but also what's what's the meaning out of all of this for me and 
you know, what are the learnings that I've got? And then we reconnected. And then we had the conversation about coaching and the podcast and then boom, boom. And all of this stuff has started happening and it's really exciting. Yeah. There's a power to connecting, right? Mm. Just this beautiful power that I hope, I hope people, since the world has changed, are starting to see the importance of. Mm. And the first and foremost piece, I reckon, is connecting back to yourself. That's, that's huge, right? That's massive yeah. because you can't connect with others on a really deep level unless you do that. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier that the big thing for you was being able to float untethered. Yeah. And then you said the words perspective. And I feel like all of that, once you're able to gain that perspective, the untethering is the actual freeing yeah. of the self. Like I, for the first time in my life this year, that untethered nature and the wildness that's kind of inherent in us. Mm -hmm. I felt so comfortable with that. And it's almost like you walk differently, your yeah. shoulders, you carry your shoulders. I'm a completely different, like fundamentally different human right now yeah. than I was this time last year when I was sitting in a corporate office, you know, making the money, having the title, all that mm. bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as it faded away and you had to kind of look at the perspective and you go, shit, your life, mm your perspective was gained through immense loss mm. and hardships. Whereas most other people's perspective now has been untethering themselves from their job titles. And it's terrifying, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the power of these conversations. I think the ones that you have and the ones that we have is if people can be at that beginning and they can be okay with sitting in the feeling of being terrified and know that there's so much resilience in us, you know. We can take so much for human spirits, incredible. If our stories, if the stories of our guests can help people go, okay, if this can happen and they can get through it, we can get through it too. That's what's really important to me. So I think of, you know, you said before that, that you're at the beginning of your journey and the legacy is a great North Star. I would probably challenge that and I would probably say that you that you're in the you're in the middle of your legacy, right? We sometimes think that's gotta be this big huge yeah. thing that we identify and we wrap actions around, but just being vulnerable, putting ourselves out there, trusting ourselves, backing ourselves, that's a legacy that I think for those of us that have children, it's important to leave for people. Um, and we had we did a, an episode with Rachel Hamilton, who is a counsellor. So, you know, my story, my, my marriage blew up. I just left the corporate world, <laughs> sitting around the same kind of desk that you were sitting at, in the same kind of building, probably the same building, same, same people. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> and I just shifted to the mount with my now ex-husband to start this amazing new, new life, and it all blew up at once. Which I actually think is good because going into COVID, I was like, oh, what can happen next? You know, I really started to rebuild. I was, you know, I white knuckled and held on to uncertainty for grim death, right? Um, but yeah, there's just so much opportunity and beauty in the world there to be had. But Rachel Hamilton, sorry, back to the start as a counsellor that I went and saw in the mount where my marriage blew up. And interestingly, I went and saw her not for myself. My husband, ex-husband and I went because we wanted to be able to navigate this in a way that was constructive for our son, who's 20-something, but, you know, was still a small family. We're, yeah. We were his world. Yeah. Um, but sitting in that room, it didn't become about that. I realised that I did everything for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And when Rachel said to me, 
What are you going to do now that you don't have your husband and your son to focus on? That was the most terrifying question anyone had ever, ever asked me. And so when we did this relationship conversation with her, it was about actually stripping back and unpacking stuff from our childhood. And that's been an interesting journey, right? Because people talk about trauma a lot. And trauma gets, I think, this rap around it has to be big and bad and abusive and dysfunctional. But the little things that chip away at our human spirit um, from the loving, kind people that are around, are around us are really genuinely love us. Generational narratives, societal yes, narratives, things that we carry. They shape us, right? How do we break that down? Yeah, I quite often think about that. I was actually thinking about it yesterday and thinking, because... I was having a few wines last night. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> and once we were a few wines in, we were like, let's talk about childhood. Yeah. And we started to talk about it. Like, I always used to say my my childhood was rainbows and butterflies. Like, we had, we did not want for anything. We had, my dad stayed home and worked. Um, he played professional baseball. So he was always there in all the sports, the basketball, the baseball. He was there to pick up and drop off. Emotionally, maybe not too much, but he was physically there. My mom was the, the loving, nurturing parent um, emotionally, so we had all of that. But generationally, they had parents of the Depression era and the war era. And my mom's family is English, so very stiff upper lip. Mm. Don't let them see you cry. Yes. My dad is a very, don't you dare break. Don't you dare show emotion. And when you do, you blow up. And to carry all of that forward, and only as an adult, when going through this, you know, similar yeah. therapy and talking about this perfectionism and this inherent, I would give you everything. And I would tell you, you are the most perfect human. But my little internal monologue is you are worthless. Yeah. And where does that come from? Because my parents never told me I was worthless. Mm -hmm. But it's all these little things that you're not living up to. Yeah. That we're having to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. And we're having quite a similar conversation over coffee just before. Um, and you know, going back to the legacy thing that we were talking about just before, for me, it has, it's been a, sim a simple realization because I think through my experience, I realized that when you strip away everything, there's not a whole lot that's actually important. And that was the big thing for me. How I lived my life before and the fast paced career and the stress and all of that stuff that was self created. And then I went on maternity leave and all of that was gone, and I was like, it's not even important. I was so stressed. I was not really that happy. Um, and then I lost what I thought I wouldn't be able to survive and did and slowly started taking steps. And yeah, I mean, grief is such a journey and you have great days and not so great days. But I was like, okay, there's some quite cool stuff happening as well. And there's quite a lot of joy there. And I am laughing and I thought maybe I would never be happy again. And and then I was reflecting on, well, what have I learned? You know, what for this year have I learned? And um, a couple of things for me have been, well, the first thing is there's nothing more important in life than connection, and we keep talking about that. Because when it's all stripped away and you're lying on your deathbed or you're at the end of your life, what matters but the people that are there for you? So that, for me, is just the thing that, that I'm reminded of. Um, and then we talked about self-love and self-worth in one of our episodes, and that being fundamental for a, for a fulfilled life. Because your relationship with yourself is the most important one. Because even those who you're so close to are not always there. And all you've got is you. Yep. At the end of the day, that's who you have the most intimate relationship with. And so you have to nurture that. How do you do that? How do you nurture both of you, your relationship with yourself? Because I, I think that's maybe where 
we're never taught that. We're taught mm -hmm. on societal rules and cultural rules on how to interact with each other and you know how to have conversations and walk, walk through the world. But when it comes to yourself, we're not taught that. And so one, I guess the guiding principle for me on that is, am I treating myself the way I would treat my most beautiful, loved and nurtured friend? And if the answer to that is no, then I need to consider why that is. Um, so it's, it is part of being kind to yourself. Um, and then for me, the start of that self-love, self-worth journey after mum and dad both died was getting physical. So for me, I started, I had a six-month-old and an 18-month-old and I started going to a trainer twice a week because I was terrified that I would follow my parents' footsteps because they were young, 57, 61. Um, wow. So I started to go to the gym a couple of times a week because I was scared and I wanted to be healthy. And then it evolved into something that was more for my mental health but also for my physical health. And I ended up loving it and it started with the physical aspect. And then it evolved into really fully investing in my relationships because I think there'd always been a part of me that held back from truly connecting with others. I never saw vulnerability as a strength. I did... I came from an HR background and, and also had some of those generational narratives. And so I had a thick skin and I didn't share much of myself. There was the Kim that everybody knew, but that wasn't really the real Kim. And I've embraced my emotionality, if that's a word, my emotionalness as something that's positive rather than something that is a weakness. Mm -hmm. And when you do that and you're honest about your story and you don't just put on a brave face, then you can really connect with people um, and that for me is part of that owning all of it for me, self-love, sharing, it's not going that well, this is how I'm feeling. Um, and then I guess another big part of it is I feel like I have a responsibility and I to do something with the experience that I have because it unfolded so differently to what I expected and I want to shine a light for other people who are facing the unimaginable and go, it, it's okay, like, you can do it, come on, I'm here, um, and I'm an example that, I mean, I'm no guru on anything, but I got through it, and I didn't think I would. And that's yeah. a big one, isn't it, too, is the, the idea of expectation. Yeah. As you said, I'm tethering that yeah. earlier, but even the expectation of where you think you'll be next week. Like, I can remember telling my wife before we got married, because she was getting so focused on the wedding, the wedding, the wedding, where people got, and to the point where on our wedding day, I had to take the phone out of her hand because she was so worried about people getting to Waiheke Island on the ferry. Yeah. I wanted to make sure somebody didn't miss their bus. And I was like, those are adults. <laughs> and, but her expectation was if we got everybody there and she was across everything else, then the day would be exactly the way she had yeah. it in her mind and it was perfect. And I'm the opposite and go, I have no expectation. Therefore, I cannot be let down. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's how I live my life now, though. Yeah, totally. And I reckon, yeah. so self-love, I think the biggest thing that helps people on the journey to self-love and self-worth is knowing that it's a messy, shitty journey. Yeah. So self-love and that all of that messy, shitty stuff is cool. Yeah, and fine. Totally. And like you said, you're going to live. Yeah. yeah, you will live. Because for me, self-love actually means being able to be vulnerable and and still to this day because I have that exact same thing as you do, you know. You do not show emotion. Mm. You do not ask for help. That is weakness. Resilience is great. 
but you know everything's got a flip side the flip side of over resilience is stoicness mm -hmm. um, my mother died a horrible death through cancer over a long period of time we never even talked about leaving each other and loving each other and but the only not like you and your mum the only conversation we really had was make sure you look after dad she'd spent her whole life role modeling looking after other people and not being mother of his yeah, yeah, motherhood has mattered, and, and so I've had to, self-love for me is going to the messy, it's unlearning, and being brave enough to unlearn everything, and then sharing what we share, what all of us share, that's not easy for those of us that, you know, have had the stance with avoiding vulnerability all our lives, and that counsellor visit was the first time I'd ever been to a counsellor, but I spent my career as a leader saying to people, if you need help, put same. your hand up. Same, right? Same, yeah. It's like yeah. monkey see what monkey doesn't do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and how insane is that? So the way that I find pockets of it is to protect time on myself. Mm -hmm. I'm by myself to get out into nature, to be brave enough to kind of be self-aware enough to know when I'm pushing a connection for the sake of getting validation because as much as I'm sitting really strong in my self-worth and I move through so life different, I can still be going so right Yeah, especially in the social media era in yeah. 2020 from a connections perspective. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Then and pushing it for the validation perspective. Yeah. And seeing through people as well. Like I've got a really good, strong intuition, which I spent three quarters of my life knowing I had but ignoring. You know, and so much so that um, I had a friend who I worked with and she did the big corporate world, but she was also a really intuitive healer, cranial, osteopathy stuff, and um, she was an energy healer. And I hadn't seen her for ages, but I remember driving along in the car and I just had something come up and it was that other place that we go to, that other voice. And it was, I heard myself think, oh my God, Em, I'm so sorry. I felt her pain, I knew she had lost a parent. And sure enough, I connected back over the next couple of days and she'd lost her dad almost at the exact same, it would have been within the three hour period. Because I actually wrote down when I felt it that, you know, so so I had spent so much of my life powering through that, yeah. shutting it down. And I still I can still find myself shutting it down sometimes with people when I want to believe the right thing in them. Because mm. I I'm like, oh wow. Oh, this person's connecting and I was happy to spend time it's kind of like, oh hang on yeah. that is a big part yeah. isn't it trusting yeah. your intuition and trusting trusting your instincts which yeah. we're always thinking yes but can they ever let us down yeah and what about you like what's self-love what's like the messy self-love for you I think I'm still figuring that out okay I think it's a, an amalgamation of everything you've said it's yeah. a lot of the time for me it's creating enough space to think and be creative yeah so I feel like for 20 years, I accidentally did the corporate thing because it was not on the plan as yeah. a little girl. And now going, actually, you you have a skill set that is applicable to be able to now do the creative thing. Yeah. So what are you so afraid of? So it's making the time and the space to be creative. And for me, a lot of the time, that's, that is a lot of people just, they want my time. And that happens when you're a mother, right? Yeah. Your child doesn't, you have a big old house and your kid wants to sit on you. Yeah. <laughs> you got a big old house and your wife wants to sit on you. You've got two humans sitting on you. And it's yeah. learning how to even navigate with my closest beloveds and say, look, I am way overstimulated today and I need five minutes to myself. Mm -hmm. 
five minutes and then it starts with actually I'm going to exercise. So the outdoors, yeah. nature, yeah. all of those things that make us in, like innately human. Yeah. That we've, we've shut down with modernity. Yeah. That's big. I think kindness to myself um, is also, you were talking about the vulnerability and all of those kinds of things. For so long, I was like you with the leadership going, you can be vulnerable. Yeah, Jack, just will love you for your imperfections. But the second I started to be vulnerable, mm -mm. yeah, no, the self, the self-hatred and the, un I've had to unlearn that a lot. Yeah. Because our ego protects us. So like a lot of your story, a lot of my story, a lot of Kim's story is about breaking down the aspects of our ego that we thought were important that aren't. And we'll always have an ego. That's how our psychology works, right? But I think our journeys have all allowed us to be able to go, I'm not the job, mm, yeah. I'm not the yeah. partner, I'm yeah. not this, yeah. I'm not that. And Rachel talked about it in a relationship episode around actually the only people that we can really, truly unconditionally love are our children. Yeah. Like, I don't even think we can do it for ourselves sometimes. No. And I think we're super challenged around doing it with others. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of where we move away from ourselves and live deeply in our ego and I don't know, I'm keen to hear your thoughts, it seems to be a big female thing. Oh, totally. And I don't know what that, I don't know what drives that, whether it's because it happens with women without children, it happens with women with children. Maybe it's just we talk about it more and men just shut it on down and, and the suicide rate's higher. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it definitely gets more in my life. Definitely. Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about growing older, right? Yeah. Growing is just going, whoa. Okay, and I think too, so as like an older millennial, I was kind of looking through my Twitter from almost 11 years ago. <laughs> Again, we had too much wine last night, and I'm like, just oh, scroll back, <laughs> just keep scrolling. What? Tweeted like 80,000 fucking times. 80,000? What the hell? That just shows you, so when you talk about connection, when I moved from America to New Zealand with a six-month-old baby and a husband who was... He had to go out and work at the yeah. time because I didn't have the visa to work. I was desperate for connection mm. and like desperate to tweet that many times. Mm. Wow. But I, and you know, the, the, the connective element of social media and the social part of social media is it gives me a lot of hope for humanity. So. Yeah. But we were going back in time uh, in Twitter last night. Ah. And I was looking at it. Mind the fly going back to the future. <laughs> I want to delete all of that because look who was she? That's beautiful. She was part of what you to her now. That's what my friend Claire what said. Bet. She was like, that was who you were yes. then. And I was like, I know. But I wish some people I feel like in this life, I you probably maybe you're one of them, maybe you're both one of them, have been so conscious about the choices and the decisions they made. Like my brother at 17 knew he wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And yeah, he was one of the best orthopedic surgeons in the United States, I still don't have a clue at what I want to do, what my titles yeah. be. I don't have an idea about, like when I got married at 23, I didn't consciously go like, now I will live the suburban dream. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I look back and I'm like, who was she? And it's so hard for people to go, tell us about your career or your path, your life. And I'm like, I don't know. I just made the next best decision yeah. for me. So I'm like that too. And I, I like the uncertainty of the future, actually. I mean, what drives me is 
I just want to leave people better off mm-hmm. having interacted with me or whether that's in my HR consulting business or chats like these yeah. or my friendships. I just want to make the world a little bit of a better place one day yeah. at a time. And that's what drives me. What I'm going to be doing in five years, I don't know. That's and they're kind of like that. <laughs> I, I reckon if we can all operate from that space, and maybe that's why the New Year's thing and the goals just drive me nuts, mm-hmm. it allows us to jump into the power of that question because everything like listening to you talk about the girl who was and looking back through the twin sphere and the history all of that's about having a real structure to what you thought you would do you never intentionally set out to get married and live forever but you know me I got married at similar age and all I was role model was from my parents that that love and relationships the measure of success for them is the longevity of them if they broke, then that was not success. But actually, an unconscious coupling of a relationship to me now would be a success, right? But if we can play in the what-if space, I think that means we really do know what we want to be because we can dig into that knowing, to that place beyond our thinking, and we can combine the intellect and soul and then be guided versus driving to a destination. We're limited by our own imagination. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's a beautiful but it's scary as well. Sure. It's, really, it's really scary and it's also I think to build on both of that what you both just said is how do we normalize helping one person at a time even if that's ourselves? how do we normalize making that enough yeah. because I have friends in the states who you know, like you think about the quote unquote I'm doing air quotes <laughs> success measures of like the people who will leave a big legacy yeah like these people are in they're in the arts, they're in entertainment, they're winning awards. So, and they've got the second, they're like, I need an Oscar. Yeah. They win an Oscar. They're not happy. I need a Grammy. They win a Grammy. Yeah. They're not happy. You just got a golden YouTube, like you just had 10 million people yeah. subscribe. They're not happy. And so you go, what is enough then? When can enough be one person, one conversation? Yeah. And for me, it's because I've seen the cost of, you know, I've seen what it can be like in terms of what really matters at the end or when you're when the chips are down um and none of that stuff's important yeah but for some people they haven't got that perspective and i'm not saying that i am enlightened or anything like that but for me all i know is that what i'm trying to do with my life is live it in a way in which my parents want me to and they want me to be happy so number one is let's have fun and have a happy life okay Okay. so that's that's a big part of it (laughs) chase the things that fill up your cup and ditch the things that don't yeah um that's it that's the life rule yeah Yeah, it it absolutely is because at the end of it how much money you've got in the bank what kind of house you had and the car and this and that and the other no one gives a shit about that yeah i totally agree nobody shows up at your funeral and goes Oh, well, you're very conscientious. She showed up for work at 7 a.m. She left at 6 p.m. And she really did extra work on that uh, change project in 2014. Like, we're real proud. You got the best, you know, the happiest yeah. person on the team award. Fuck that shit. I know. And then at my dad's funeral, all of these people came out of the woodwork. He was a great man. Um, if you look at, I mean, he was, he was a mechanic. And then he gave to a lot of people. He was in the Air Force. He was a good human being. And the amount of people that came out, to just be like, your dad's amazing. Yeah. I was so proud. But was it about his achievements? No, it was about the impression and the impact that he left on the individuals that he yeah. interacted with every yeah. day. And I was like, that's the shit that 
is. That's the magic, right? Yeah. That's the literal magic dust. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not like, you know, be a good human. Like, how do we balance that in this day and age where you have like Kardashians and influencers yeah. and people who, I, I, because I work in the sphere, yeah. as you know, like, yeah. it just great to me every day to go on and go the rule is you must only show your highlight reel on an Instagram yeah. and it's like show every that's why I love Anika Ma yeah. that's why I just love her because she's like I'm just going to show you my life yeah. yeah, and it resonates so people like her I'm like you're, she's using a platform to quote to actually connect Yeah, but how do we balance that how do we get more people who are comfortable with that or do we just go you don't have to share anything and you're valid. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. You don't have to share anything and you're valid. But it's also okay to share. Yeah. So you don't want to, it's like a, um, the way of the towel, right? There's a pendulum swing. And if we swing too far one end, we'll be out of balance. If we swing too far the other end, we'll be out of balance. So it's understanding what's your sweet spot in the middle of that pendulum, whether it's neither one way or the other. Because it's really interesting. And I... Oh, I was at my son's graduation and I was posting photos because I was damn happy. They were yeah. beautiful. Um, you could tell you were happy. I was them. so happy. And then there's times where, you know, I, I do a gig as a stylist a couple of days a week as well as coaching, as well as leaving to work, as well as a podcast. And sometimes I'll post photos of clothes and then sometimes I'll just post something that comes to me that I need to say that actually is about sharing some of the hard stuff. And I'll put a little bit up there. And you've got to be okay with People love the shiny stuff, yeah. and I might put up something that, that has been so deep and meaningful to me, and it might get five likes, and that's okay because I'm not putting it up there for the likes. Well, I'm just putting it up there to show, yep, to show the intent. And so I don't know. I've been trying to find a new sweet spot. Yep, that's so, a hard one. It is oh, a it is. hard one. And in fact, I caught myself the other day, you know, with with the podcast and the stories, you want to get, we talk about soul metrics and vanity metrics, might you might you want to get rich because you want to make an impact. But I had a message from someone the other day and it just literally gave me goosebumps and put tears to my eyes. It was one person who someone had directed them to our podcast and the stuff that they said in terms of what they'd done and how it would help them take the first step on the journey back to themselves and how that, that was painful but they knew that it was going to be okay. I thought, if I spend three hours a week, four hours a week doing this stuff, for one person, actually, man, that's success to me. We're like, job done now. We job done. done. done it. Yeah. But yeah. you have to keep reminding yourself of that stuff, right? Because you have to just keep going. We're humans, and we will jump into our ego. And no matter how soul-centered and heart-based we are. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Tole when I run. And let yeah. me tell you, I still am very fallible. I live in the ego yeah. quite a lot. Designed, and I think if we can see it not as two parallel train tracks, but as a an integration mm. of the aspects of the ego and the just the self, and that that's okay, and the vanity metrics, and then this being connected to ourselves, and then just blend them together, and we will have insights, and then we will lose them, and that's okay, and then we'll just keep cycling around because you can't force an insight, you can't force big knowledge and change, no, and it won't stay there always. We're, we're not we're we'll be different tomorrow as we are in 10 years yeah. Back. yeah and it does come back to the intent behind am i posting something to make myself look yeah. awesome or am i doing it to try and share something that might be useful yeah. to others and you know when we talked about the inception of the podcast and what our goal was it was like to help one person <laughs> and we've done more than that we're so excited and so then you go okay well that's our metric yeah for us and 
with a, we get all these likes on um, our feed and things yeah. like that. Well, we know that people are reaching out to us privately and saying, I was just in tears listening to your episode on self-love. Mm-hmm. I've just had a whole lot of realizations about myself. We're like, bang, you know, that, yeah. that is it. But then, because we were also talking about the connecting via social media versus connecting face-to-face, and I sometimes struggle with social media a bit. I get into it and then I lose interest and I just go and do my thing and haven't logged on for a while. And I was at a, like a networking meeting locally because I live in Waiuku, which is quite a small community. And I went to a business networking meeting on Tuesday. There was about probably 60 businesses there. The amount of contacts that I made, people that I genuinely connected with and like opportunities that popped up for me, I could have slogged away for six months yeah. or more trying to do that. Getting in front of someone, talking about what you're passionate about, generally showing an interest in them, and there's just nothing beats the actual chemistry of how when we're in this room, like we are right now together, and we're very lucky to be able to do that. Yeah. The way that the like just the physical changes in the energy goes in yeah. the room is you're yeah. completely right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a place for everything, but but I think it's you know, it is misguided for me to be like, right, I'm gonna my business, it's going to be, oh, I'm going to get online, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do yeah. that. Because you just don't, people don't, I like stuff a lot, but do I really go and connect yeah. a lot through social media? Not really. I'd rather chat to somebody. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I have a question for your business. Because <gasps> we're talking about self, your question to us about, you know, what does self-love and self-worth yeah. look like? The hardest, one of the hardest parts for me coming out of that self-worth and love journey is to be able to sit down and either say to myself or share with someone else, these are the things that I bring to the world Ooh. and these are my superpowers, Ooh. right? Because I can say them about you, you know, big-hearted, badass, not big-ass, gorgeous-looking <laughs> and double-dental oh, here today, looking really slim, um, <laughs> <laughs> kindness warrior. Hashtag, hashtag, together and we all went three or four days together we went out for dinner at the end of it and, and 
I brought up this conversation and I was like, what if we went around and, you know, what if, what if we said what our superpower was? And then one of the other coaches said, actually, you know what, what if we go around and we sit and everyone at the table has to say what they see our superpower be? And, oh, so interesting. Like, you said you squirmed then. Mm-hmm. Sitting there squirming while seven other people said what they thought you brought to the world that was special. Um, it was really interesting. And just being able to sit in the moment and and accept that. <sighs> and what was going on in here? Was it like, oh, yeah. No, it was, honestly, it was just such a beautiful mm-hmm. gift. But then it does. It makes you sit back and go, you know, you talk about kindness warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think all of us in this room go out and do what we can to yeah. be that kindness warrior for others. But man, we probably do it to ourselves last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you look in the mirror, it's interesting. Um, there's a really cool book called Seduced by Consciousness by Jack Kransky, and it's all about um, a little bit, you know, three principles, Eckhart Tolle's work, that kind of thing. But it talks about all these levels that we can come in and have ideas from, right? And that looking in the mirror, you can look in the mirror one day and go, Oh man, halfway through life. Look at my wrinkles. Oh no, my chin's getting saggy, my jaw's not as strong. Whatever it is, right? Look at my neck. Look at my neck. Yeah, yes, exactly. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That's where you get on. My wife literally looked at me and she was looking at my skin, at my neck, and on my arm. And she's like, that's only happened in the last year. And I was like, you bitch. That was like, what? And then she did it yesterday. She's like, oh, it's happening for me. But the other days we might look on the mirror and just think, Like we have all these levels that we can come at any given thought or moment from. And so if we can sit there and say to ourselves, this is what I know is beautiful about me and what I bring to the world, that to me is true self-love because it's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of work that you need to do before you get there. Um, But everyone's got it. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be changing the planet kind of stuff. It could just be, um, and so for me, if I had to say one of those things, it would be, for me, it's energy, like the energy I bring to a conversation or a connection. That was something I, I was brought up with that always played down. It's like, don't be so excited. Don't be so sensitive. Don't be so ridiculous. That might be the female mm. thing as well that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Same here. Don't be so emotional. Don't yeah. be like as happy. I used to be absolutely just, I don't know, almost embarrassed because over my professional life, I would win awards, but the awards would always be like the most supportive or the cheerleader. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I just got the best results on the project too. Didn't you yeah. see the ROI on that? And they're like, no, but what we remember you for is like all your hugs or when you dressed up and you did the Edmund Hillary climb up the ANZ Tower and you just beat the shit out of the guys like because you were not going to lose that. And yeah. you're just like, Oh, maybe I want to be remembered for something. It's like, no, looking back on it now, the fact that I was embarrassed about that, yeah, I was like, oh, that girl needed a hug. That's your superpower. You look in the mirror tomorrow and you say, I am beautiful because I bring an energy to people, life, and connections that others can't, right? Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yet, that's maybe a superpower that we all look at that we don't play with ourselves because yeah. mm-hmm. it was it was not seen as a strength as we were older. Yeah. It was, I used to always think of it as like, oh, the nice girl prize, right? Mm-hmm. The nice girl's never hot enough. The nice girl's never the one who gets to hang around with the cool kids. Like, that's all that childhood trauma yeah. that we bring up. But actually, yeah, there's some special stuff we bring that other people just simply can't. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
So live it, own it, figure out what it is if you haven't. Um, oh, yeah, but, but it's it's hard work to do because there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. But you can always ask someone. Ask yeah. someone else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's such a gift to do that. Yeah. Um, I did a, a business workshop last year, and it said, go to your best friends, not to yeah. colleagues. Go to people who've known you the longest, your parents. I went to my best friend, Laura, back in the States. We've been friends since we were three. And she, she will not be around Amy Bush, let me <laughs> tell you. And I went to my wife, and I actually asked my ex-husband, like, and it was, what kind of job can you see me doing? What am I good at? What are yeah. my best traits? And, like, you start to see all of these beautiful interwoven narratives about what people think of you, and you go, oh, yeah. Wow. How do I make that in my narrative? Yeah, yeah. Like a narrative I tell to myself, because it's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. huge, I reckon. And when you're on journeys like the one that you talked about before, where you're getting out of the world and you're putting your creativity out there stripped back, because your creativity is your soul and it's not guarded by a corporate veil or someone else's expectations, you're putting you out into the world. Um, yeah, what are what are the things that make you break through that barrier? That you Put the book out there to, yeah, yeah, yep. to leave. Coming the first of February, but awesome! <laughs> Can't wait to put, share that post up on that. <laughs> yeah, but that takes real bravery. It's scary as hell. Yeah. It's sure yeah. scary as hell, but that's how how we start to make the little differences in the world. Yeah, by wanting to make differences for ourselves. I thought it was scary as hell starting a podcast. I'll tell you that. I did. Yeah, I terrified. I wanted to say no, see Jess, because I was like. I forgot to lose here. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me about that. How have you been able to hold people? Because you've you've told some stories. Like, how do you hold people's stories as well as you do, so that you can share them? You. What is what is the the kind of secret sauce that you two are bringing? I think first of all, we have a pretty awesome dynamic. We yeah. know each other quite well. But then it's not about us. So we just want to share what other people have in terms of their wisdom, because everybody's got it. Look yeah. The world. So. Really, it's just about being able to facilitate their story. It's not about, we throw in our own observations, but it's really not about us. No. Mm. And I think where we're lucky is because as coaches, you're trained yeah. to hold the space for people. You're trained to see through the unseen. And All so, with, yeah, and whether that's Zoom or whether it's something else, I think what we can bring to the table, because we've both got very different styles, we hold the space. We're just providing a container for people. Right, and it's about, and we don't go into it to contrive. Like in terms of prep work, the biggest prep work colloquy we do is make sure I know, I know the beauty that someone can bring to a conversation, and then we won't. You know, much like this conversation, we don't have a list of questions. We'll just start the story, and and when someone's speaking, I'm actually not thinking about what I'm going to ask next. Like I have to. When you purely listen to someone, you've got to be able to go. I'm just here. And I honour and I trust that the right question mm -hmm. or the right summing up or the right whatever's going to come up next for me is going to be the right thing, which is really hard to do on a podcast, right? Because we don't really edit because we're not quite that capable. <laughs> so, you know, what comes out, comes out. Um, but, yeah, it comes from a different place. So when we're doing our conversations, it yeah. comes from presence and it doesn't come from a mind logical place. Yeah, I found that this year too. This yeah, and maybe just life, right? But, yeah. And going back all the way to the beginning because that's the, the best way to do a podcast is yeah. when you talk about connection. You can tell when somebody is in presence yeah. in a conversation. Yeah. 
you can tell when they're starting to think about the next question and they're not even listening to you anymore. And you already know, and then you as the one who's been speaking or speaking with the person go, oh, I always fumble in my mind. I'm like, oh shit, what do I say next? Are they listening? Do they care? Am I not making sense? Is this, and then you start to go down this like <laughs> avenue in your own brain yeah. instead of having an open and honest discussion because you trust that yeah. person is with you. Yeah, we often laugh because we can't really We often laugh on stop. We're like, what, what came out? Did I sound like I was all over the place? Is it even cohesive? And then we listen back and we're like, where did that come from? Because <laughs> I can't remember the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like something just comes out of you. Yeah, and that's, but that's truly being in the moment. Yeah. And not having to, you know, we, we sometimes have a quick chat about a couple of points that we might want to weave in there somewhere if it comes up. And that's it. Yeah. And you just let it go. That's why I Charlie. I'm like, do people know I'm ADHD? Like, <laughs> do they know? And she's like, they probably do. And I'm like, okay, they still love me though, so it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting though, right? Because I remember in this man, the other thing when you go through a change journey is you have to be able to stop and reflect back and yeah. go, wow, I'm so proud of the work mm-hmm. that I did and I'm so proud that I honoured me. Because what a difference a year makes, mm-hmm. hey? I, the first time, so a year ago, about this time of year, was the first time I guested on a podcast and it was so interesting because the conversation just really weaved and expanded and I didn't expect it to go where it was and I didn't expect to do what I shared. And so I walked away from that conversation with a real vulnerability hangover. Yeah. And it was interesting because the person who interviewed me, when I shared with them with this this with them, and I went away and said, I actually cried. Like I felt like I'd exposed myself and it made me cry because I thought, oh man, they said they had no idea. Like as far as they were concerned, I came on and now that I was particularly cried. Um and I listened back to him and it was like, wow, did that come out of me? Yeah. But now to be able to trust that space. That's an artistry. Yeah. And to not worry too much about what other people are thinking. Uh, yeah, because we go here. Hey, that's right. Let's just share. It's going to land for some. It's not going to land for yeah. others. You know. But, but what does that matter? It's none of my business. So um, our intention is, yeah. you know, we want to try and shed a bit of light, spread a bit of hope. It will for some. And other people might think we're oversharers and we just like the sound of our own voice. That's fine. <laughs> um, shed, a shed a bit of light, spread a bit of hope. Shed a bit of light, spread a bit of hope. That's the mantra. If you're going to set any New Year's resolution for 2021, people don't like me. I don't actually do the job. I just nailed that. That needs to be a meme. I'm going to do it. Hey, you're a content creator. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. We'll share it when we share the episode. But it is. As as we wrap up, um, you just mentioned something. So that was present. Nice. So you were talking about, um, you know, sometimes we get to the end of a journey or the end of a project or the end of a story or the end of a podcast and right in my brain came this picture of at home um as i left the warehouse group last year i took with i I took with me some knowledge about how to put together um different agile boards yeah so i have my to-do list and then i have my doing list and then i have my done and then i have like planning on the side and i've been using pink post-its and I don't know why, but at the beginning of January, I thought, okay, for every to-do and whatever, I'm just going to stick it in a folder. I'm just going to stick it in a yeah. folder. And I was having a rather uh, weepy week last week. Yeah. And I thought, I haven't done anything this year. This year's been a write-off. I was getting in that real negative self-talk. Yeah. And I opened up one of my files at home and out fell this folder yeah. of like 400 post-its of things that I'd done. Wow. And I sat there and I wept and I was like, I've done so much. <laughs> 
And for me, that was just like the perfect way to go, you're cool, you're fine, you're gonna be okay. So as you two sit here at the end of 2020, tell me about your, your moment. Like how are you feeling right now as you wrap your year? I'm feeling calm and really proud um, because it was a year ago that my dad passed away. And just to reflect on the growth that I've been through this year, the journey that I've been on and some of the stuff that I've achieved, I'm really proud of that because I don't know what I expected, but I did not expect this. And it's so, it sometimes feels strange to me that out of something really awful can come something quite wonderful, but then I've realized you just have to embrace that's the messiness of life. Yeah. And I feel part of the part of it for me is, and we could have a whole other episode on this, which you won't, I don't feel like my parents are very far away. Like I believe that they're around me and they actually give me signs. Like yes. I know that yes. here and I know they're cheering me on. So I don't feel like something I've particularly lost. It just looks different now in our relationship. So I feel like that love that they've always had from me is still there and, and I've got that. And so I know what I can achieve. Yeah. And then just by doing something that's not about me in terms of being able to light the way for others, I feel really proud about that because I just want, like I said before, I just want to leave this world a little better than when I got here and yeah. I feel like I'm doing it. Yeah. Little bit by little. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I woke up in the middle of the night in the first lockdown when I'd been doing some pretty hard work because it was the first time I moved into my own place, two weeks before, first time I'd lived on my own. 30 years, actually forever, because I went from parents to husband. Mm -hmm. And something came to me, I woke up, I wrote it down, and it kind of sums up, I think, the question that you've asked, and I might not get this right, but it was, with one foot planted firmly on the ground and one tethered gently in the ether, I'm grateful for the courage to go between the two. And so for me, that is, um, I can honour the past, I can live in the present and I can be hopeful for the future and I can be okay with whatever happens in the in-between. And for me, that's just been the biggest journey. And if anyone asks me, you know, who are you? That's who I am. That's so good. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think that, that, is, that is the, for me, that is the, the best way I've heard about presence being told. Oh, you know, you. it's just the resonance of going, and maybe that goes back to like the past, past Twitter line. <laughs> Honor, <laughs> Honor the past, even if yeah. she makes you cringe. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and again, it's like if you don't set those hard expectations, and you yeah. don't, it's not even about falling and failing. It's about being like that one of my favorite country songs, Winona Judd said, when you hit rock bottom, there's two ways, two ways yeah. to go. You can go straight up, you can go sideways. Yeah. So you, you can keep moving. Yeah. You can be rock bottom and keep moving. Yeah. I love that. Being brave enough to live in aliveness. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I think it's just that pile of post-its. Yeah, like it's so amazing. My brain works with, I'm very visual. Yeah. So, and I'm with you, Kim, on the, the feeling of loved ones. Because I haven't seen my family for two years now. Yeah. And that's the longest I've been without them. But I've felt this presence, especially with my grandmother, a yeah. lot this year. Like certain times even Carly thinks I'm nuts because I'll be walking down the street and I'll just laugh. And she goes, what? And I'm like, oh, that butterfly was my grandma. And she's oh, like, what the heck? But there have been times where we've been out walking. And yeah. it's been 
like top and we'll both turn around and she'll be like, take your grandma. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that was her going like, oh my gosh, get out of your little pity party. Yeah. Mm. Just, you just stop for a minute. There's this stuff up with the English woman. Yeah. And then she just threw those post-its at me. Well, here's 400 mm -hmm. reminders yeah. of what you've done this year. So if you take that as not coaching, this is telling. Um, but <laughs> you're okay for me to tell you to do something. Tell me. Um, if you take that, and you know we talked before about looking in the mirror and really seeing you. What if you would ask Carly or you would ask one of your friends, would ask someone else, what is it that's beautiful about you? Write it on a post-it note. Ooh. Stick it on the post-it note before you go to bed each night, wake up to it in the morning in the mirror. Because that sounds like something that works for you, mm. but you don't want to wait till you have the weekly moment moments to do it, right? So maybe make it part of that dude what consistent have you just done to choice oh, every day. What have you just <laughs> done? But maybe make an eleventh of post and note, mix it up because it's gonna work stuff. It's good enough for Renee Brown to have the post notes. Oh, good enough for you. you. But bring it in every day. Mm. Maybe that's what it's gonna work for you. Ah, it also good. Yeah, come on, here, show give me homework. I love it. <laughs> I like being told what to do. Awesome. Thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was awesome being on your podcast. I will put all of the links to your podcast oh, in you. the podcast notes here. And yeah, can't wait to do this again in 2021. Yeah, same. And thank you for the beautiful work that you do out there that inspires us and inspires us too. Right back at you. Yeah. Sound like a unicorn, we're done. <laughs>